Hello, you cat and dog people. This is It's Training Cats and Dogs, the show for people with both cats and dogs who want peace in their home and peace between their animals. I'm Naomi Rotenberg, your source of practical strategies for keeping everyone in your multi-species household safe and sane. And today's episode is a dog and cat chat with Abigail. Abigail, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and taking some time to talk with me about what you're dealing with in your dog and cat household. So tell me about your pets and their current situation, and hopefully we'll get somewhere with the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Naomi. So I have a a cat who's about 10 years old. I adopted him as a senior and he was kind of used to being the only cat for a while or the only pet for a while. And during COVID, my partner and I adopted a puppy. And so she's now about a year and a half old. And she and Titus get along relatively well, we think. But basically, the the dog-cat relationship has not been what I expected at all. Mm. I really thought they would either kind of become friends and learn how to settle together or really dislike each other and run away from each other. But instead, they like, if they're in the same room, they insist on being together. And sometimes it's play. And sometimes it seems like maybe it's not play, but they like will not leave each other alone. So that's really what I'd like to talk about today. Okay, so we're going to delve into first what those behaviors actually look like. We're going to try to like operationalize them both for that's just because that's how I work with <laughs> trying to understand how to modify behavior, but also so people listening can actually picture what you're talking about. So it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's not just a one-sided, the dog wants to play with the cat. So let's just for funsies, start with the cat's behavior. So when Titus sees Tochka, right? That's her name. Yep. Tell me what he does. He will run towards her and basically tackle her to the ground and start grooming her. So he'll like lick her face and her head and her ears. She will be pretty docile with that. Like she'll sort of let him do it. Sometimes she'll roll over onto her back and show her belly. If it goes on for very long, sometimes she'll have a bit of a reaction or sometimes she'll lick him back. But mostly, like, I really thought that she would be the one interested in him and he would run away. But he really just charges at her. That's that's his reaction to seeing her. Okay. So sounds like she's a small dog. She's about 35 pounds and Titus is about 16 pounds. So. Okay. So, so, <laughs> so he's not small. No. <laughs> he is not, but she is larger. So the theory is she is kind of self-handicapping to, like, when he jumps on her, theoretically, if she didn't want to lay down, she could fight. Yes, I think so. Okay. I would look at that, actually, next time this happens to see if she kind of, like, falls on her own or (laughs) if he's just, if he's persistently, like, making her... Interesting. Yes. Actually, typically, I think she kind of goes down. She'll go into like a down position and then roll over from there. Is that as he's approaching or once he's already on top? That's as he's approaching. Okay. So she's like, I'm ready. Let's do this. Or she says, I'm ready, but I'm not sure if I want (laughs) to do this. Yeah. I guess that's the part that I... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I can definitely see where the confusion might be. 
Okay, so his behavior on site, he's like booking it at her, jumping on her. Is he on her back and face, like, are they facing the same direction or? So they're they're usually facing each other. And Mm -hmm. so if Tochka's here, uh, sorry, this is audio, so I I shouldn't use my hands to. (laughs) So Tochka, they'll be facing each other and Tochka will kind of go into a down position. Mm -hmm. And from there, Titus will be like, licking the top of her head, licking her ears. But his body is not on top of her. No, no. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, that's good. Okay. So that indicates two things to me. One is that, again, she could go get away if she wanted to. Doesn't mean that she's not, it doesn't mean that she's having a good time. It just means that like, she's probably not in acute distress if she knows how to run away from other things that are stressful for her, I'm assuming yeah. she does. Yeah. But some dogs are like, I'm, that's not part of my behavioral repertoire. So that assumption is not a hundred percent going to apply. So the other thing that that indicates to me is that it's not some kind of like, okay, I don't want to say weird. It's not some kind of like misplaced, humpy, sexual thing or not even like sexual but humping can be an asexual behavior but can happen so since that's not what we're talking about we are going to go back to the aloe grooming so he's like intensely grooming her how long does this last as long as she'll allow it which is probably i mean at its longest maybe up to like two to five minutes but it also sort of depends on him because he he really is intense about it. He'll like really go to town licking her. And then sometimes he'll kind of use his paw to like hold her head. or something. But then if she gets like pricked by a claw, she obviously really doesn't like that. And that will cause a, a much larger reaction from her. Okay. Yeah. So then when she is done, what happens? So she'll usually kind of sit up, like she'll get perky and she'll kind of either lick him back or sometimes try to kind of swat him away with her paw Mm -hmm. and then he usually doesn't stop when that happens and so she'll go into play mode I think it's that kind of like pouncing Mm -hmm. she'll go into a kind of crouched position and then she'll like jump up with her front paws in the air okay so she's like bouncy side to side kinds of behavior okay and then what does he do when she does her doggy version of play solicitation he i think doesn't really know what to do sometimes he just sort of freezes there sometimes he tries to run away but he doesn't usually run away like he's much more likely to stay put or sometimes he'll scurry like under a chair or something but he has places that he can get to that are away from the dog and he will actively not do that right he'll like stay in the same room with her stay in the same place mostly just kind of freezes but he will put his ears back and sometimes hiss if she gets a little bit too active okay so he's in the vicinity but not actively wanting to interact with her when she's bouncy yeah okay so He's like, F no. She's like, we. <laughs> Those are the technical terms, guys. So then because he does not want to engage in that kind of behavior, what does she do? So at that point, we usually intervene and ah. just like distract her with a treat or pick up Titus and bring him into a different room and, and just separate them. Okay. 
All right. But I don't think that's the right thing to do. That's just what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. So do you always move him to a different room? Typically at that point, yes. Because if we just try to move him like onto a chair or a windowsill, like somewhere up and kind of away from Tochka, he'll jump off and go back towards her. Will he'll go back towards her? Does he try to groom her again? Or is have you not let it get that far? Yeah, he will try to groom her again. Okay. This is my thinking face. <laughs> <laughs> Our challenge is really like getting him, he, he's not super food motivated, I think. And so mm-hmm. we feel like we don't have a lot of ways to like get him to stay in the same room as her and just stay separated mm-hmm. in the same room. He wants to be right with her, mm-hmm. even when he doesn't really like it. Right. And does this ever happen when, What's the management scenario that you have? Like, is this only when you're supervising them that you're like letting him come out and maybe see her? Okay, so this is like an event that happens each day. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then the other time they really see each other is she is crate trained. So she'll stay in the crate when we leave the house for, you know, up to two or three hours. Mm -hmm. And so Titus can like wander around then. But Typically, when we get home, they're just like both napping. Like she's in the crate, he's napping on the couch. So they're they are in the same room napping. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a camera on that? No. Okay. So it sounds like there's a lot of really great and awkward behavior, right? <laughs> so like, no, I could be totally wrong. Like, so my, my the first thing I'm going to say is I would love to see footage of this because that's going to that's always even though you've given like an exceedingly wonderful detailed explanation, it's always good to see the micro movements and how quickly things escalate or don't escalate, things like that. But it seems like this is a fairly predictable ritual that they've kind of hit on. Mm -hmm. And because it happens like with regularity where they don't see each other otherwise, this kind of like initial excitement to see each other and then being separated again might actually be to your detriment. So (laughs) basically it's like there's candy over there. You can have a taste, but you can only have it once. Like it's, it's very like grass is, I don't even know what the analogy would be, but it's, it's exciting if they, they do seem to want to interact with each other, but they don't know how to do it. And they're not getting enough controlled interactions to be able to figure out more appropriate ways to interact with each other. How does that land in terms of like what you're, experiences with that does that seem in line with what we're seeing yeah that that sounds totally plausible I think that's probably right and I think we you know initially I was worried that the like wrestling and stuff could potentially hurt Titus and now I'm less concerned about that so is the answer just to let them spend more time together or? <laughs> so yes, but it's always yes, but. So I would not want them to spend more time together without a lot of parameters around it. So we want to set them up with um, routine and the actual setup of the room and all of that to be able to make it much more likely that they will offer behaviors that are more appropriate. 
So without knowing what your house looks like, I'm assuming this all these this daily melee happens in the living room. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. So we can concentrate on the living room first because they have already shown that they are capable of relaxing around each other in that space if there is a barrier between them. Right. Okay. The crate. Yeah, yeah. So one of the easiest things that you could probably do is give her something to do in her crate while you're home. <laughs> and he can come out mm-hmm. and if you've just played with him or he's in a, like you're you've done something to ensure that he's probably more relaxed maybe he's just had a meal <laughs> whatever right he's like i'm going to sleepy time then you can bring him out and he will probably see she is not available for grooming this is different mom and i don't know what your partner's name or title would be mom and partner are here strange that's enough of a cue to potentially bring out a different behavioral repertoire right right so he's not necessarily going to go straight for the jump on her and lick because he can't first of all (laughs) and to him it's not the same situation it's not the same scenario right right so you would then offer him a spot to hang out, probably on the couch where he likes to, if that's where he's kind of his home base. And then if he wants, you could pet him there, right? Like, (laughs) you know, doing the stuff that he is kind of offering when you're not there, seeing if he will offer those behaviors and you can reinforce them, not necessarily with food, Mm -hmm. because that's probably not what he wants. He wants social, potentially grooming type behaviors right oh yeah then that actually makes a lot of sense (laughs) (laughs) he's like hey friend (laughs) let's cuddle i'm gonna be really awkward about it and kind of creepy and stick my tongue in your ear but i'm he's (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) there is evidence to support that that is the function of this kind of behavior that he's looking for right? right so if we can give that to him then he's more likely to engage in the scenario i would at first keep her busy with some kind of activity in the crate because she might be like cat yeah. <laughs> but again if she is able to relax with him in the crate when you're not home i'm not anticipating like large scale blow-ups from her once you get you know you've done that let's definitely see what that looks like first but yeah. I would then say, okay, maybe she's not in her crate. Maybe she's behind an X-Pen, like a freestanding gate type thing. Mm -hmm. So she's able to move around more naturally, but they don't have direct access to each other. And he could jump it. I mean, he's an older cat. I don't know if he could jump it, but whatever. (laughs) I'm sure he could. Fine. He could jump it and we would cross that bridge when we come to it but the the like psychological barrier aspect of it might help as well right so then we are trying to that this is where setups come in right we say okay what behaviors would we like them to do when they're in the living room together so abigail which behaviors would you like them to do like in my perfect world i would love for them to just both take a nap together or separately or just like hang out just not be totally chaotic and need the like full-time supervision that they currently i think need yeah so the easiest 
thing would be to say, okay, that might be hard for her at the beginning if she is like super duper jumpy. But once that initial ah, calms down, you could potentially have her crate open and or a bed out. I would probably have both. And if she goes towards a bed, cookies appear on that bed. So you're not cueing her to do that. Hopefully she will, like, it's a behavior that she would offer in a different scenario. And so she might say, okay, well, my, my go-to, you know, Tarzan, me, Tarzan, love Jane kind of behaviors are not applicable here. I'm going to go do what my next most wonderful behaviors are, which is hang out on a comfy bed and relax if that is what she normally does in the living room when you guys are there. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, she does lots of other things in the living room too, but that's like definitely the number one thing. So, right. You guys are there hanging out on the couch. She is hanging out on her crate slash dog bed. Yeah. And so because that behavior is basically a default behavior in that context, except for when the cat is barreling towards her. (laughs) If the cat is not barreling towards her, she is much more likely for that to be the behavior that she offers. Yeah, I think especially if she can get over that like initial crazy reaction, which is what we just haven't been able to figure out yet. Right. Yeah. So I would use physical barriers for this and try it with the crate first, see what happens. And then, you know, it could all go to shit, right? It could be like, this is, this is wonderful theoretically, but it doesn't work like that. Happy to adjust the plan. But if everything goes exactly to plan (laughs) and they are able to offer relaxation behaviors when she's in the crate and he is also out, then we would graduate. That would be like mini milestone one. Then we would graduate to her having a little bit more freedom, but still behind a barrier. Okay. But a barrier they can see through. Mm-hmm. Right. They could snuggle like up against each other if they wanted to through it. I mean, like that would be, he would probably freak, try to groom her through that. that um, you would actually, that's actually, this is the last thing I will say with that is if she wants to be groomed, by him, mm-hmm. she will probably approach the barrier and present oh. herself. If that is like a ritual that they both enjoy, yeah, she might display behaviors that kind of look adjacent to what they're currently doing. I don't think it would look exactly the same because he's the one who's instigating, but that's that's a theory yeah. that might happen. Or she might be saying, oh, thank God there's a barrier. You know, <laughs> he can't weirdly make out with me. <laughs> so does that sound like a plan? I think that's something you guys could work on in the evening tonight. Uh, yeah, I think we probably will do that tonight. This sounds like a great plan. Uh, and thank you so much. I really appreciate your help. No problem. Do remember that I would, before you release the hound, aka the cat, <laughs> from his seclusion, try to make sure that he has done something that will make him more likely to be restful. Yeah, I think we'll probably like get some playtime in and give him dinner or something. Perfect. Play, dinner, he's like, I'm ready to lay down, groom, and take a little schnoozy. Yeah. Perfect. Love it. Awesome. Sounds awesome. Perfect. All right. Well, I hope this works out. I look forward to some updates. 
If this episode helped you feel less alone in your struggles with your cats and dogs, please subscribe so you don't miss any more episodes. And I would be so appreciative if you'd take a few minutes to review the podcast because your support helps other people find the show and get access to cat and dog specific content, which there is not that much of. And if you want to be awesome like Abigail and do a dog and cat chat with me on the podcast, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Praiseworthy Pets and head to my link in the bio to schedule your time. And that is all for this episode, you wonderful cat and dog people. I will see you next week for more It's Training Cats and Dogs. (music) 